The basis for our sermon this morning is our second reading, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers by the prophets at many times and in many ways. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact imprint of the divine nature. He sustains all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he took his seat at the right hand of the majesty on high. The Son became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my Son, today I have begotten you. And again, I will be his father, and he will be my son. And again, when he brought his firstborn into the world, he said, let all God's angels worship him. About the angels, he says, he makes his messengers winds and his ministers flaming fire. But about the son, he says, God, your throne is forever and ever. And the scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of joy beyond your companions. The word of the Lord. Do you recognize Christmas voices? My family's kind of been playing a game over the last month, give or take. We've been hearing lots of Christmas songs on the radio, and as we've done some decorating, we've played those Christmas classics as well. And so our little game is every once in a while, at least, we'd ask each other, hey, do you know who sings this song? And sometimes we did. Sometimes we knew the answer. And after several weeks of listening to Christmas songs, we learned more and more. We knew when young Michael Jackson with the Jackson 5 belted out, Santa Claus is coming to town. We recognized when it was Elvis Presley singing Blue Christmas. We could pick out Michael Buble every once in a while. We heard some Burl Ives. There were quite a few others as well. And then, of course, there were the times when we just had no clue. So we'd try to figure it out, we'd try to look it up, we'd try to put that one in our memory banks, and the next time we heard that song, maybe we could recall whose Christmas voice that was. We had a little fun with it. It's not really important, is it, that we know who's singing which of those Christmas tunes that we've been hearing. What is important, though, is that through all the many voices that sound around us at Christmas time, that we do recognize, that we listen to, that we hear God's Christmas voice. This morning we're looking at the first nine verses of the book of Hebrews. And that reminds us just how important it is that we hear God's Christmas voice. 
The book of Hebrews was written to a group of Christians who were facing suffering. They were facing persecution. We don't even know who the human author is who wrote the book. We do know that whoever it was, God worked through him. God inspired those very words that he wanted to be written just as he inspired all of the rest of Scripture. We know that these words proved beneficial to those Hebrew Christians just as they remain beneficial for us today. They say this, in the past, God spoke to our forefathers by the prophets at many times and in many ways. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. God's voice has been sounding for centuries. For many years, at many times, in many ways, God spoke through the prophets. He sent to his people spokespeople who would speak the words that he gave them to say. And so, it was God's voice. It was his message. It was him speaking. The fact of God speaking hasn't changed, but the mode, the method of his speaking has changed. There came a time when God did not need a spokesperson or a prophet to speak to his people. Instead of speaking through them, he has spoken by his Son. This is God's voice. It speaks about his son and it speaks through his son. And this voice has some amazing things to say about him. He has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. God's voice, once called creation, the entire universe into existence, and the Son, the second person of the blessed, wonderful, glorious, unfathomable Trinity, the Son was present and active in this creating process. We heard God's word from the Gospel of John that tells us the same thing. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him everything was made, and without Him not one thing was made that has been made. The same voice, this same Word of God has spoken again in a new time. God Himself has come to dwell among His people. They no longer need prophets to speak God's word to them. They no longer need to hear predictions about him. They have been able to look at God face to face and hear his word directly from his own mouth. In one person, who is a true human being and at the same time is true God, 
The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact imprint of the divine nature. He sustains all things by his powerful word. This is the sun. Everything that is true about God is true of him. He's eternal. He is almighty. He sustains all of creation, the entire universe. He is radiant in glory. I realize, of course, that none of these words really seem to speak directly about the Christmas story, that story that many of us know and love so well. They don't tell us about Mary and Joseph. They don't tell us about the long journey to Bethlehem. They don't tell us about no room except in a stable. They don't tell us about the manger where Mary laid her newborn baby. But they certainly tell us about that baby, Jesus. They invite us to to look closer, to focus on him, to think about, to realize that in that tiny newborn baby, we find the God of the universe lying in a humble manger is the king of all creation. Prophets for years had described him and foretold him. That was the voice of God. And God's Christmas voice has told us that he has come just as he said he would. And the angels sing his praises just as God commanded them. To the Hebrews, so long ago, this was a reminder that in Jesus, they had something far superior than, than anything else in which they might put their confidence or in which they might put their trust. They were tempted by their persecution, by their suffering, to turn away from Jesus. That would mean going back to their old ways, going back to their old Jewish religion. And so maybe they thought we could still listen to the prophets. We could still think about the joy and the peace that they talked about and wonder about when that would come. We could still marvel at the angels, God's amazing holy messengers. But the whole book of Hebrews, starting with these verses, was written to dissuade them from this way of thinking. to tell them how much superior Jesus is to the angels and to the prophets. They had God himself, the Son of God, come down to them and for them as a true human being in every sense. It's good for us to hear this voice today. We may not face the same exact temptations, the same sort of persecution as those Hebrew Christians once did, but we certainly hear many voices. 
voices that would have us turn away from Jesus or at least fail to understand who he is. Many of those voices, (coughs) excuse me, many of those voices mock the Christmas story. They call us foolish for believing things like that, that a virgin would have a child, that God would come down to earth. They say it's all myths and legends. They say it's all invented and made up. Who is Jesus? According to those voices, if he's anyone, perhaps he's a good teacher or a great person. Maybe he's a good example that we might follow. Maybe he's a kind of a coach who could cheer us up and lead us on. And if that's the case, then what's Christmas all about? The voices give us some answers. Maybe Christmas is about family and friends. Maybe Christmas is about giving gifts or receiving gifts. Maybe Christmas is about nostalgia and happy feelings. And the songs on the radio and the commercials and the displays and the shining lights and the busyness and the parties, they all speak ideas like this and say, aren't these the most important things? And there's even a voice inside us that says, maybe Christmas is what I make of it. Maybe Christmas for me is all about whether I find the right gift to give to someone else or I get the right gift or send the right card or host the best party or get everything done that I want to get done. It whispers, as long as I'm happy, that's all that really matters, isn't it? So many voices around us. At Christmas time, perhaps as much as at any other time, and those voices would gladly lead us away from Jesus. Would have us replace him with anyone else or anything else, anything but the true and holy and almighty God come to live among us. But that is who he is. And God's voice spoke about him many times and in many ways because we, his people, needed to hear it. We needed him. We are a part of a long line of, let's call it what it is, failures. We have followed our forefathers in Sinful rebellion against God. We've deserved nothing. Nothing but death and destruction. But God has a solution. He promised it all along. He prophesied about His Son who had come into the world 
worshipped by angels, who would rule with a scepter of righteousness forever. And God kept his promise. God has spoken by his Son, and God has spoken about our salvation. Listen again to how it's described in Hebrews 1. After he had provided purification for sins, he took his seat at the right hand of the majesty on high. Purification. The dirty stain of sin needed to be washed clean. All that made us impure needed to be cleansed. And Jesus did that. That is why the Son of God was born into this world. That's why he came to be born as a tiny baby, because even from our infancy, we've been sinners. This is why he came to to grow as a perfect child, because our Childhoods have gone so far astray. This is why he became a perfect adult and achieved that perfect adulthood that we could never achieve. And he offered his life as a sacrifice for us. And that sacrifice has infinite value, has has infinite worth because that is the death of God himself in the person of Jesus Christ. And the story doesn't end there. Hebrews chapter 1 may not sound very much like a Christmas passage, but It's kind of the way that Christmas is, right? Because Christmas is just the start. It starts with a baby born in a stable and laid in a manger, but it continues all the way to his suffering and death on the torturous cross. And thanks be to God, it continues beyond that to his empty tomb, to a risen and living Savior, one who lives forever so that we too might live forever with him. After all the presents have been used and used up, after all the Christmas decorations are put away, all the Christmas commercials come to an end, when the radio goes back to playing something besides Christmas music, when so many of those Christmas voices are quiet once again, and yet sinful voices will still be around us. Thanks be to God that His Christmas voice still sounds forth. He wants you to know about His Son. He wants you to know about your salvation. So listen. Not just today, but throughout the life that God has blessed you with, hear God's Christmas voice. Amen.